Welcome to Work Experience Podcast, a conversation about young people and the church. Play that track. G'day everyone, welcome to another episode of Work Experience Podcast. Now, you've read in the bio, in the title, this is an exciting conversation with a couple of friends of mine who live in the sticks and whose experience of youth ministry has been very different from those of us who've grown up in the suburbs, in the CBD, on the fringes of big towns. And so I want to invite you to have a listen And hear both the passion and the joy and the hope in their voices, but also hear some of the reality, hear some of their experience, some of what they've encountered and tolerated as they've grown up in the church largely by themselves or part of a very small cohort. But before we get to that, I wanted to rant a little bit about something I saw on Facebook this week. Now, I know we finished off last week with a rant And your complaints have been sent off to the appropriate uh, bodies, and I'm sure uh, we'll hear the full results of that investigation. But this week on Facebook, I've noticed a sponsored ad pop up again and again of a church plant in the center of CBD. And the uh, couple, presumably husband and wife or partners who are planting this church, are dragging a large sign that says, For God So Loved Melbourne. And it's one of the typical Melbourne alleyways. You might have even seen the ad. And it got me thinking, is is the implication here that for God so loved Melbourne that God gave Melbourne another church? Because at last count, Melbourne has over 1,300 churches, just in like the greater metro area. So I can't think that God thought there was a need for another church. And they got me thinking, well, these People clearly think there was, and they're going to start a church. And no doubt they'll have the right mix of hipster religion and warm community vibes that will attract people. But then I wondered, are these people coming from other churches where they're not feeling welcome? Or are there people in Melbourne who genuinely thought there wasn't a church in Melbourne until these guys arrived? Yes, I'm being deliberately provocative because I'm not sure how long we can continue this sense of my church is different and better than your church and that we need 1,300 churches in the Melbourne CBD. But hey, that's just my two cents. Now, uh, to voices from young people where there are definitely not 1,300 churches, in some towns there may not even be 1,300 people. But I'm delighted uh, that you can uh, hear my chat with Louis, Olivia, Liam and Emily Now, because we were uh, in five different studios at once, there are points where the audio is a little dodgy. I think I referred to a point where Olivia sounds like she's trying to communicate in Morse code. I've kept it in because their stories and their perspectives are really important. I think it's really important that we all hear this, but I do beg your patience in those moments where the audio gets a bit glitchy. And I'll hand over to our friends now.
Welcome to Kids Club on the podcast. Today, the uh, mobile studio is in five places at once. Uh, we're super excited to have uh, a bunch of friends here, and uh, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Guys, say hello to the audience. Hello, my name's Emily Mills. I live in Townsville. I am 18-year-old. Welcome, uh, my, uh, my name's Liam. I'm currently living in Wollongong, but I was in Wagga Wagga before that. So I'm in my second year of studying mechanical engineering and I enjoy modifying Nerf guns in my downtime. G'day, I'm Luke. Uh, from the tippy type of Darwin, aka Tracy Sun, and I'm a photographer and I am currently watching something on Netflix. I forget the name of it. Excellent. Welcome, Louis. And if you could pause Netflix for this, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm Olivia. I am from Kari, which is about four hours north of Sydney. I grew up here and now I've come back to be a teacher here. Uh, I teach year three and four class, uh, which is, they're all slightly nuts. But yeah, it's about my life at the moment, teaching and that's it. So uh, thanks guys uh, for uh, joining us uh, here. We, we're chatting today about uh, ministry with young people in, you know, the audience will have realised you're all from the sticks. So uh, what does it mean for ministry uh, outside of like the cities and, and urban meccas, but where distance means that we have to think about things differently and there's not necessarily legends like me working in every congregation. Uh, so we have to be creative. But before we get into that, we've got some pretty famous surnames on the chat, three in particular. Liam, you can sit this one out, mate. Uh, <laughs> Elliot Rudd is up in the bring to the table. Uh, and they get significantly more interesting as we go, I think. Uh, Louis, what's your surname? Malboy. Are you related to Jessica Malboy? Perhaps. Has she ever mentioned my name? Uh, unfortunately, Brandon, no. Okay, all right, something to work on. Uh, Olivia, <laughs> yes. Next. Are you related to Kathy Freeman? No. Oh. Sorry, Norm Morgan Freeman, before you ask. <laughs> that was my hope. <laughs> Okay, fine. Okay, and we saved the best to last. Um, Emily, are you related to Rob Mills? Millsy? I have no idea who that is, but no. Oh, you are. Only <laughs> I thought you loved musical theatre. Yeah. <laughs> Millsy, he, uh, he once made out with Paris Hilton. Oh, then sure I'm related. Duh. Yeah, I don't know why that qualifies with that. Um, uh, Liam, you're related to your family who shared this <laughs> Look, go down the Riverina and he's, you know, pretty famous. Big deal. And uh, Liam's dad will throw you in jail if you uh, run a red light. Mm, yeah, got to watch out for that down in Wagga. Wagga. <laughs> All right, friends, uh, let's jump in. What does youth ministry look like where you are or where you grew up in the sticks? What is, I don't care who goes first, what, is, what does it look like? in the sort of uh, regional and, dare we say, remote town? I think in the case of uh, coming from Wagga, there wasn't a whole lot of youth. Well, there was in um, my church, but there was a bit of an age gap. So we had some kind of primary school age and some high school age, but a gap in between. So I was part of the primary kids. So the older kids left, like went through school and then left to go to uni and that sort of thing. Um, so then there was only like a couple left. So then the youth group sort of stuff kind of died out. So we had to go to like um, another church to join their youth group because there wasn't, uh, yeah, there wasn't really enough youth to sort of have anything worth doing. Yeah, sure. 
And when you say left, you mean like left Wagga, right? Did everyone goes to to um yeah. for uni and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Who else? What's it like up in Townsville, apart from the crocodiles? <laughs> There's a lot of them. They come and join sometimes. No, I'm kidding. So for me, there wasn't really anything um, before my parents started it um, back nine years ago when I started uh, year seven. Yeah, our church congregation was pretty small. Um, and like um, Liam, we had a massive gap between my age group and then the 30 pluses. So for us, it's been my family growing a culture for the past few years. We, as well as like Liam said, we joined with uh, another church called the uh, Grace Crowd and we combined our two youth groups because they were just really small and that allowed us to have more people and also to be able to do bigger things and stuff like that. So yeah, that's been a pretty big thing. It's just building a culture and inviting new people and um, trying to make it a thing for the future and stuff like that. Olivia. Yes. We, we're still trying to figure out where Tari is. Uh, but what does uh, ministry with young people look like up there? Non-existent. Growing up, it was me and my younger brother who were the entire youth for pretty much the entire presbytery. Um, nowadays, there's one other person who constitutes young person in the Uniting Church. By New South Wales Synod definitions, that's younger than Graham Perry. Yeah, it honestly doesn't exist. I help out and this other young person goes to a youth group in another church because there's just no young people. Everyone leaves and goes off to uni and yeah, it's mainly the older generation who are lovely and make really good food. But <laughs> yeah, just the younger generation doesn't exist. People up and leave for uni and never really come back. And Louis, the, um, the tech guys have been up there. Uh, what's, what's ministry of the young people look like up in the pointy end? I wish I could buck the trend. But I would probably have to say that it's similar here. It's non-existent. A lot of the people, once they reach of age, they leave either to go down south or to go to uni. So really, it's hard to, even though Darwin is such a small place and technically it should be easier to meet up, it, it isn't. Because a lot of people have other commitments. And it's that main reason, yeah, they leave. Because as much as I want to put down in a good light, there is nothing to do here. I have a friend in Yapoon who's definitely experienced the exact same thing, where him and his siblings are the only people who go to their church. And, yeah, there's just no youth group or anything like that. So mm. Yeah, so it's not that I've found that the only four young adults in regional Australia... <laughs> the only four that will talk to you. Yeah, that's true. The, the last four... <laughs> And this, like, look, by the end of this podcast, it might just be me. People are just going to drop out. <laughs> or, like, the internet will fail, right? Um, but, it is anyway. going. Yeah. So, um, okay. So we're getting, we're getting this snapshot. And, you know, we could have had guys from Shepparton down here in Victoria or across the middle of the, thing, of the country or over, you know, once you get sort of an hour outside of Perth in WA, it's much the same story. So this is a, this is a real conversation and i really appreciate your guys time so i've sort of got two questions but i think then we will um see what comes out of it i want to know uh, and we can blame emily for this because she is wearing the wearing the very trendy or a hoodie yeah boy what difference does regional event make what difference do they make knowing that this conversation actually uh we, we decided we should do this at Nyalk in Adelaide nearly six months ago. So I'm really well organised. <laughs> but what difference does it make? Um, or have they made to you and the people 
uh, you you connect with. Who wants Are to we talking that? regional or national? Let's do both. Let's do both. Cool. The nation's just a really big region, I guess. So I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um. So for me, back my first ever wider thing that I did in the Uniting Church was Aurora back in 2017. And that was such an eye-opener for me as a as a 16, nearly 17-year-old, was from regional Townsville is going, oh, my goodness, I'm not alone. I'm not a freak. There are people like me who are Christian, mm-hmm. who are part of the Uniting Church all over the nation who worship, who do all of this stuff. And it is cool. And it is actually a thing that is worth following and yeah, so that was a pretty big turning point in my faith. And I met a lot of pretty cool people as well, not name-dropping Liam or anything. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, of, and so... Everyone there, you picked Liam. To, he's to the only him. one I met there. Okay, sure. I mean, it was an intimate <laughs> event, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, for me, um, the opportunity to go to those nationwide things is so important. But... Also, I know that that's not always op- an option for some people, especially in rural areas like Townsville that are so far away from Sydney and places like that where just travel gets so expensive and even just rego and things like that. And so recently um, we've been up here in Townsville, we've been getting involved with Easter Madness, which is a high school camp that happens on the Sunshine Coast um, every year around Easter time. And that's a a statewide region thing. We took some of our youth down. Um, we got on something called hashtag Luke the Like Bus, uh, which was a free bus service that had started in Townsville, went through Bowen, Mackay, Bundaberg, Jinjin, all of them. We picked up 25 youth and um, we took them to this really awesome camp, which was so cool. And half of them had that, um, that experience that I had at the nationwide thing, just at a regional thing. And so it was really cool to hear their feedback on the bus on the way back where they were like, oh my goodness, like, I'm so glad I came. I met so many people. I realized that, yeah, this is an awesome thing. That And God is cool. <laughs> Somebody else? National events for me have been really exciting because my, well, my first kind of social interaction with people outside of the Lower Manning Uniting Church was Synod, actually. Um, and even the young people at Synod were great. And that's where I met Braden and uh, met Liam. And so I went to Nile Club this year and it was my first national bit. And it was incredible to see so many different people and different ways that they worship and how they worship. And yeah, coming together with some of the next leaders or the current leaders, I guess, uh, of the Uniting Church. And so it was really cool to then talk to different moderators and actually meet different moderators other than Tracy, hashtag Tracy for president. It will be really, it was actually, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, I was going to come up. You nailed me. Um, <laughs> lot, but lots of different people to meet and things like that. And even at assembly last year, being able to socialise each night with different people. And like I met Louie there. And so being able to socialise each night with different people and get to know people from around the country, it was like figuring mm. out they all existed. Yeah, definitely the fellowship, getting to know people is just so important. Yeah. Mm. Uh, before we hear from the guys, I just got a note from one of our research assistants. That bus you jumped on, Townsville to the Sunshine Coast, like that's 14 hours of driving. Uh, it ended up being around 17 with all the stops and things, yeah. but yeah. That's it. Yeah, so we're not going around the corner to a fun youth night. You're, no. <laughs> like that's further than Melbourne to Sydney. It like, was so, two days of travel, staying yeah. overnight in your poon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
just for those um, playing at home who are trying to, you know, do the maths. Uh, thank you, Alan, for the note. Um, lads, one of you guys want to, um, what's your experience been? If I could go, I'd like to echo what both of the other ladies said. And yeah, it is a great chance to meet other youth, to see that, to share different faith journeys, as well as to see that, yeah, you're not alone. But I think it's also a nice chance to meet young members from Congress as well, because I know that in some cases it's hard to interact with each other in normal situations because they often live in like live in remote areas. So I think that's one of the what I find is a pretty cool thing about regional events as well. Yeah, in the Riverina they had a youth camp called River Camp. So I was like once here it's kind of the different churches around the Riverina gathered together next to a river, funnily enough. And um spent the weekend uh, yeah, doing little Bible studies and listening to a guest speaker and singing worship songs together and just kind of sharing in fellowship. And I found those as a really good kind of faith booster in a way. Mm. As, yeah, if you're in a church where there's not that many youth, it's hard to stay engaged and sort of yeah, gain from the message that the pastor's preaching. So I found that going to things like River Camp. So like the, not, it was just like a regional event. It wasn't like a national event. But even just something like that, where you're kind of surrounded by all your peers and you all share this, um, yeah, you all share in your faith in the gospel, which is really encouraging to do um, when you're surrounded by peers who, you know, think the same thing. So, yeah, I think have an important place in encouraging people as well, rather than not only also meeting um, other people in your age group. Yeah, sure. Uh, one episode, I'm going to tell the story. I, I had the privilege of going to River Camp three times, I think, in the end. And the Armageddon that happened at one of the river camps I was at was the most terrifying camping experience with 100 young people in the middle of nowhere and the gates of hell unleashed in a storm in the middle of the night. It was the best and the worst night of my life. Uh, we'll tell that story uh, one, one week on the podcast. I'm not going to tell you when. You'll have to tune in. But I do want to uh, pick up on this. So, so we sense that uh, not only are you meeting, you know, prospective partners at these things, but um, <laughs> you are connecting um, nationally and you're encountering the diversity <clears throat> and the strength of our national church. Is that fair to uh, what you were trying to say, Louis, a bit? Like in a sense, yeah, yeah. we're tapping into who we are and we can only do that when we can get beyond our like white picket fence. And so, yeah, you could. Well, I did. Is that all right? (laughs) (laughs) So, events are one thing, and we know that they take two days on a bus and cash. Um, I wonder if any of you have an experience of where, like, uh, the jargon would be around digital communities or just um, engaging with different technologies and social medias and, and that sort of thing. How you've seen whether that's had an impact or been, um, you know, useful or beneficial in ministry with young people where you are? I'd say it's definitely makes staying in contact with the people you meet a lot easier. So like say, um, I met Emily at uh, Aurora, which is like NCYC in 2017, which was in Sydney. But I was coming from Wagga and she was from Townsville. So say if you only had like mail or something, that would be a lot harder way to keep in contact. Oh, yeah. On the internet to be able to, you know, just send a message every now and again. And the same with, like, um, Olivia. I met her at Synod in Sydney. 
she was coming Tinder? from Tari, and again, I was like, so <laughs> Brandon, I feel as though you should play a love track in the back. As oh, I will. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Hashtag Brayden's matchmaking. Welcome to uh, uh, Love Song Dedication. <laughs> what do you want to say to Olivia tonight? Having online media <laughs> the size of the world that we live in. Yeah, so, you know, sure. like even, you know, Wollongong to Townsville is massive, but through the... Just a little bit. Send message and, like, do, you know, video conference calls, like this sort of thing. Um, yeah, I think it is very beneficial. Yeah. Sure. Mm. I mean, without online communities, I probably wouldn't have created such close friendships with so many people. So, like, Louis lives in Darwin and we met in Melbourne and we have not stopped talking since, and that was, what, 12 months ago? Um, we pretty much talk at least a couple of times a week. Emily I talk to most days. She lives in Townsville. Um, and like Liam, I talk to every day as well, which is well, pretty cool. Obviously, <laughs> you never call me. We, yeah, without digital technologies, I would just, yeah, not have these incredible friendships, and we wouldn't have these really close communities. And even uh, people who are spread out that I've met at assembly and Niall and stuff, I can keep up with their lives and, uh, yeah, essentially catch up with them online without having to travel travel to Perth or Shepparton or Adelaide or Townsville. I'd say Darwin, but I'm heading there next week. Um, it sounds like someone's trying to do Morse code uh, over your microphone there, Olivia, but that's okay. I won't be able to edit that out. Um, but Because I think what you were saying was really good, but I do want to uh, push this a little bit. So we get the relationship aspect, but in terms of, like, are there, are there other ways that, that this digital and, and online stuff is working, like in terms of uh, resourcing or learning or that sort of, have you seen anything like that? Or is that just a massive void at the moment? Like in terms of, you know, where if you're in the city, you can go to conferences, you can meet up with people, you can, you know, uh, have people come to your churches and run training things and, and workshops, that sort of stuff. Where distance or sometimes airfares makes that difficult uh, are there are there different ways we could be doing this, or uh, ways that you've seen that that are working? Uh, I know that especially here in the northern synod, because we have a lot of communities that are off off site. A lot of the things are done through Zoom meetings, uh, things like this, and I think that's one area that at at its current stage it works. But if you could, let's say, learn more about it or try to develop it a bit more, I think it could be to a point where you wouldn't really need to pay for flights anymore or anything like that. I don't know if that answers your question directly, but that's how I feel about it. Yeah, sure. Um, for me particularly, after I met Steve Mulk, good old Mulk, um, at Aurora, and from that I got introduced to Redfish 2, uh, which for those of you, if you don't know, where have you been? It's basically an online community um, for young people to kind of check in with each other. And um, Mulk used to um, post weekly devotions and things on that and did a series around um, Easter and things like that. And I Went found... Advent. Yeah, Advent. There we go. I found that really helpful as a rural person, getting, getting content from someone who kind of isn't in my city because that 
kind of helped me feel connected to everyone. And it also gave me more content that was more readily available, like on my phone and things rather than having to print out a whole, like a whole study or buying a book or something like that. Um, and it also made it a lot more personal, I think. So Breadfish 2 was really good um, to begin with. And I can agree with that. Like I've been a part of Breadfish 2 since assembly last year when I met Mulk. And yeah, mm-hmm. his promotions each week are really interesting. And he posts stuff that, about camps and stuff that are coming up, which usually are in Queensland, but still. Yeah, they are opens it up to the Breadfish 2 community and says, look, if anyone wants to come, you're more than welcome. I definitely think there could be more of it and it could be a lot more targeted at young people. Um, like Breadfish 2 did a really good job of it, but apart from Breadfish 2, I haven't seen anything else. Yeah, I think there's a massive void in that area of young people from the Uniting Church taking advantage of um, social media and things like that. And especially with training, I haven't seen any. But, I mean, there's occasional pages that come up if there's a synod or if there's a camp or something, but that then restricts it only to the people who went to that camp, went to that synod, went to that assembly. And so it would be really interesting to see the Uniting Church actually play on the fact that a lot of young people are the only one, two, three in their church. A lot of the ones in rural and regional areas are siblings, cousins, family of some sort, and would like to actually communicate with the rest of the church but just don't know who and don't know how. Yeah, it's really helpful. Um, I haven't heard of the bread fish too. Fish biscuit, it's called. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't heard of that. So, yeah, maybe that's like a... Maybe you just haven't met Malk yet. Malk's flogged breadfish too twice on this podcast, so clearly we know who's... Is it only twice? Okay, every time he's been on. Um, uh, Big one for you, man. Uh, Keep walking. I want to ask you all a question without notice. What we've heard a few times, so we've got two ministers' kids here, and uh, Emily, you said your parents started the youth group when you turned, like, 12? Yeah, something like that. And Liam, your parents have been involved in camps and a lot of stuff going on at Wagga Uniting uh, for a long time. And and partly that's out of necessity. And I can imagine as a parent this sense of, well, actually, I want there to be something for my kids. And so I'll get involved. Hmm. And and then they become, not only are they influential as your parents informing your faith, but they're actually a, a source of learning and, and, you know, what it means to be Christian, what it is we believe. How does that play out now for each of you where as you, you know, as you're growing up, as you're connecting beyond the local community, uh, I guess it's like a pastoral question. What Are you able to look back at that and see uh, the impact of that, the, the good, the bad of that, or we've never really thought about it? I'm curious as to uh, whether anyone's been aware of that dynamic at play. In terms of it being our parents? Yeah. Well, and or just in general, these these close, tight-knit communities that regional and remote churches are, that often it's family mm-hmm. or a couple of families. Have we have any of you reflected on that or seen, you know, where that's really evident? I think at my church in Wagga, we had a problem with, I think we couldn't find like a full-time minister. So we had minister working kind of part-time and then the rest of the congregation kind of took turns, you know, preaching every now and again to sort of make up the extra time that they needed. So, um, yeah, my dad was one of the, one of those, like, lay members who um, took part in the preaching um, when the minister um, couldn't do it. 
So I think that sort of for me highlighted the importance of continuing to, you know, run church services when there might be a lack of staff to yeah, to ensure that the word is continuing to be preached. Yeah. Sure. I think in my situation, I know for a fact that my brother used to get really annoyed when my parents followed us to every camp and was doing um, running every camp because he was just, he was like, just leave me alone. I want to be with my friends. I want to hang out. I want to learn about God and things. So I I know that kind of affected him at the beginning. Um, but for me, I think I really enjoyed having my parents there because it was kind of something that I could go home and reflect with them on and keep going. But yeah, once again, it, it definitely highlighted that in regional and remote places where we maybe don't have the same funding as people in big areas and things like that, it is really fueled by the people. And if one person isn't dedicated to do it, then nothing happens. My parents never really came on camps. Dad came to Synod the first two times that I went. Um, and I'm about to go back for a third and he's not going. So actually going to assembly was weird without him because I'm so used to him being at those kind of things but I guess having him there for the first couple was good because we got to come home and talk about it and got to reflect on it but then now not having him there has a stopped the question so are you David Freeman's daughter uh but also allowed me to Louis doesn't know that feeling (laughs) no I don't know that feeling at all well he's not David Freeman's daughter like (laughs) look I'm gonna make him a t-shirt that says yes I am Tracy's son (laughs) has allowed me to then find my own feet in it. And especially because assembly was my first big thing without him, it was kind of like, well, I've really got to find my feet. And I think that's how I ended up leaning on my friends so much. Sure. Anything to add, Mr. Mowboy? Um, no, I was just going to say that there is that, I wouldn't say it's not really an annoyance anymore, but it's kind of at some points I feel like there's this expectation that I, that I, share the same thoughts as my as the moderator i'm gonna call her the moderator it's good though it's good that when we come home we can we can separate that and then just it could just be a mother and son we can still have those conversations but it's left where where it should be you mean unlike when you met prince charles when you were husband and wife yeah that's a different story for another time yeah (laughs) That's in, Story time with Brayden. Yeah, that's in the bonus bonus features when I release the box set. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, guys, my audience have a pretty short attention span, so we'll probably wrap yeah, it up Mark. there. But uh, thank you so much. What we've really done here is is allow you to name the reality, which I think is important. We haven't solved it. That can be. We'll have to do it again. But I think it's important uh, that we that we are aware that we're a national church and that there is diversity of resources and scarcity of some. And so thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your story and the way that uh, where you've encountered the church, um, good and bad, regionally and locally. Uh, it's been uh, a real blessing to hear that. Any final words from any of you? Great. Uh, NCYC has to happen again. Ooh, yes, yeah, NCYC. That, that, not at all staged. Uh, no. And 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 every 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 woman has to come to uh, United Women in Darwin next year. Get on that. Okay, we'll get on that. We'll get on the United Women uh, train. Liam, what are you going to promote? Anything, mate? You got nothing? Anything? Not really. <laughs> Not really. 
Hey, uh, and guys, uh, in those regional centres, Toy Story 2 is coming to cinemas next week. Uh, <laughs> get excited. Uh, At least Tari's up to Toy Story 3. Ooh, Wait, wow. there's a second one coming out? <laughs> I know, right? Get excited. Friends, thank you so much for joining us here on Work Experience Podcast. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks again to those guys for dialing in and sharing with us their experiences. If you are listening to this podcast on the day it drops then well done for your faithfulness and your commitment. Uh, But also you'll know that The Good Summit, which we've chatted to Julian Hamilton about, that is on tomorrow. It's probably too late for you to get there, but I will bring you the highlights next week. Get excited about that. The other interesting thing that's happening this week, and this gets super nerdy, is that the Assembly Standing Committee of the Uniting Church meets this week to begin... Uh, the process of developing their priorities and a strategic plan for the next few years. Now, this is important and it's relevant to our podcast only because the issue of young people and youth national youth events, including NCYC and NIALC, are part of their remit. And whether or not they get a priority and a voice in the strategic plan is determined by the Assembly Standing Committee. So I want you to join me in praying that they will hear voices like Louis and Olivia and Emily and Liam, that they will be mindful of the church of the next 40 years rather than the church as it is now, and that we together as an interconciliar church working with congregations, presbyteries, synods, assemblies, might build and resource a church for the emerging generations as well as those currently part of our churches. So that's my little shameless plug and a little shameless dig as well at those who will be doing that important work, many of whom are friends of the podcast. Um, We hope your meeting goes well and we hope you will hear the voices of young people in your meeting. Next week, we will be hearing from Reverend Claire Dorr, who's going on a journey with her congregation without all the bells and whistles of an employed youth worker and a top-down strategy that's imported by experts and consultants, but a community of people seeking to be intergenerational. And Claire's experience story hopes are really worthwhile, and she joins us next week. I also head off to New Zealand really soon, and I'm going to take the podcast on the road, so hopefully we'll hear um, from some of our Kiwi friends and those gathering at the International Association for the Study of Youth Ministry Oceania Conference, where your humble host is presenting. I look forward to uh, sharing all of that with you and so much more. If you don't want to miss any of it, including that story about the evacuation at River Camp, the easiest thing to do is make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can do that in the app, wherever you're listening now, there's a subscribe button. You can like the Facebook page at Work Experience Podcast. You can check out our website, www.workxpc.com. You can send us an email, workexperiencepodcast at gmail.com, or you can stand on your balcony and yell. We'll do our best to hear it and respond. Thanks for tuning in. Have a lovely week, and you've done Work Experience.
I regret all of this already. <laughs> Look at us go. Oh. <laughs>